So we started a new series uh, last week, if you remember, hopefully you do, can I remember what it's called? No, excellent, <laughs> not a single person, Jesus, yes, excellent, it was about Jesus, yeah, well done, that's just a stab in, that's just a, <laughs> a stab in the dark, was it, it probably had Jesus in it, right. anyway, is Jesus the anointed one, we talked about last week, I started to talk about, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I remember now, pennies dropped, pennies dropped. Uh, Jesus the Anointed One, so this is called, cleverly called Jesus the Anointed One Part Two. <laughs> there we go. We have the sequel, The Return. Oh, there will be The Return. It's not The Return yet. Is it a trilogy? Well, the Holy Spirit is like a trilogy. That's a trinity, isn't it? Not a trilogy. <laughs> Jesus The Return. Well, there will be The Return. Anyway, Jesus the Anointed One Part Two. So we talked about Jesus and his incredible ministry last, last week. Um, and talk about lots of weeks, obviously, but specifically focusing on his ministry. And he talked about the fact of his, you know, he's described as the Messiah or, or the Christ, often called Jesus Christ. Talked last week, it's not his surname. He's not, he's not Mr., you know, Mr. J. Christ. You know, if he wrote Jesus a letter, that's, it's not his surname. Okay. Christ, um, Christ is just Greek for anointed one. And Messiah is just Hebrew for anointed one. So they sound very, very different, obviously, Messiah and, and, um, and Christ. But they mean the same thing. They mean anointed one, okay? And obviously, as you know, the, the common languages at the time were Hebrew and Greek, and the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, New Testament was written in Greek. It's a bit of Aramaic in the Old Testament, in Daniel, but apart from that, it's all Hebrew. In the Old and Greek and the New. Anyway, so Jesus, the anointed one, is what Jesus Christ actually means. Jesus, the anointed one, he carried the, the, the anointing of God upon him, and of course, was, was God himself. Amen. And Jesus was anointed for ministry. Amen. He'd been, he'd been anointed. He, was, he worked under the operation of the, of the Holy Spirit. He, he relied on his Father. You saw the Trinity working together over and over again, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was anointed for ministry by the, by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus wasn't doing things in, in, his, own, in his own strength. And we talked about the, the anointing of Jesus. This is kind of our key, our key passage. Luke 4, verse 14 to 21 says this. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. So if you know, if you know in those days, and the, kind of the, the holy day, uh, so to speak, was, was Saturday then, which, which was, their Sabbath, was their Sabbath day. So this is what's happening here. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read. And a scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, Jesus found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And that's from Isaiah um, Isaiah 61, that's in. Verse 20, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And Jesus began by saying to him, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So like a lot of, lot of Isaiah, it's prophetic about the Messiah and who Jesus uh, was, going, was going to be. And Isaiah 61, this was what Jesus was referencing here. They're reading it from scrolls. as all the Old Testament ones. didn't even call it the Old Testament because Jesus hadn't died yet. You know, the scriptures, as they would have called them at that time, um, was written on, written on scrolls. So this was what was given to him. I don't know if they knew what was given to him or significance of what he'd been given, but it, of course the Holy Spirit was in all this. Hello, dear. <laughs> and it's getting a bit hot and, and he's fanning her. Excellent. Anyway, don't get distracted. Anyway, um, and um, so this was written in Isaiah 61. 
And Jesus, Jesus said this was a reference to himself and read it out about himself. Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus, this is the different things that Jesus has been anointed. So over three weeks, as today and next week, um, just some things just to kind of break down from this, uh, from this passage of what Jesus said. So last week we talked about when Jesus said he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And we looked at what that means. It doesn't just, it, it's two actual different, different meanings. Scholars talk a lot about this. It can mean those who are materially poor. And the good news is that God is their provider. He, he reaches out to the marginalized, even the lowest of society. Then, then, then God reaches out to them. And you see that in Jesus' ministry over and over and over again, reaching out to those who were kind of destitute, those who were on the edges of society. And it's also talking about those who are spiritually poor. So it has two, two meanings. You know, people who know their total need of Jesus. In the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, and, and we all should be, we, we all in one sense should be poor in spirit. Okay, not to belittle ourselves, but, to, but what it means to be poor in spirit is realize our total need of Jesus, our total need of God, that without him, we, we have nothing. That's reality, isn't it? And for those of us who are believers, who are saved, we still know that reality, that without Jesus, we are nothing, we, we have nothing, he's his our all. Amen? And then we talked about how, as a, as a church, we carry that message to the, to the materially poor and, and spiritually poor. So, okay, so that's, that's what we talked about uh, last, last week. My notes are in the wrong order. That's not very helpful, is it? Right, there we go. So we talked about how we're anointed to claim good news of the poor as believers as a church. So today I want to uh, just look at specifically uh, one bit in verse 18, at the end of verse 18. So the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, which we looked at last week. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. We'll look at that next week. And what I want to look at today is about he has anointed me to proclaim recovery of sight for the blind. I want to look at this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim recovery of sight for the blind. So I said last, next week we'll look at proclaim freedom for the prisoners and set the oppressed free, which very much kind of go together. How God wants us to live in freedom. That's, that's, and Jesus was anointed to do that. Amen. So what does recovery of sight to the blind mean? Well, there's some obvious you know, thoughts about that. But I believe there's three different, different meanings. That's what's so amazing about Scripture, isn't it? There's so much meaning you can glean out of it when you start studying it and really understanding what it means when God starts revealing into your heart you know, what, what Scripture's um, all about. And I believe there's three different meanings. So like every sermon, we've got three points today. Okay, we a great sermon. We've got three points. So here we go. So... What does recovery of sight to the blind mean? I believe there's three different things that Jesus was anointed to do, and three different things you can kind of glean out of this. So kind of like the obvious one, number one, is physical blindness. You know, Jesus had an amazing healing ministry, didn't he? Just an incredible healing ministry. You know, there isn't a single account, and I've looked, and asked other people to look, there isn't a single account of anyone who wanted healing from Jesus not being healed. There isn't one. If you can find it, let me know. I'm not saying every single person was healed in society. And there were some places where Jesus refused, refused to do miracles because they just wouldn't believe him. Okay, but what I'm saying, but every single person who wanted healing was healed. There's, there's, no, there's not a single example where Jesus said, well, no, sorry, this is your lot in life. Sorry. Um, you know, or maybe come back in five years. Um, you know, Jesus never responded in that way. And Jesus had a remarkable healing ministry and he was anointed, anointed for that. And Jesus had an incredible compassion, didn't he? And empathy for those who wanted healing. Anyone watch The Chosen? Anyone seen The Chosen? 
this 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 great. I, I love the chosen because it just brings it kind of you know all, all to life. It's, it's amazing how God's blessed that whole ministry as well. It's, it's the biggest crowd crowd funded um, I think series in in history because it's all just been funded just by Christians basically made the whole thing happen. And then net, now Netflix support it and all sorts of great stuffs happened. God's just blessed it. But it really kind of brings the whole thing to life. And you see that over and over again. Jesus just compassion and empathy for the lost. And his compassion and empathy for those who are struggling. The destitute, as we talked about last week. And just for those who wanted healing, who were just desperate. You know, and, and physical blindness was one of the things that Jesus uh, was one, one, one big aspect of that. Mark 10, verse 46 to 52 says this. Then they, such Jesus and his disciples, they came to Jericho. So as, as they, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man... Uh, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him. That's nice. What a response. You can see that what, what it was like in those days if you were poor and destitute. This is, this is reality of what's going on here. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So the disciples called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Not that Jesus didn't know, of course. He was just getting the man to, to just to you know, acknowledge and, and say what, what he wanted him to do see what, and see where his faith was at. Okay, so, of course, Jesus knew the answer. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So one big aspect of what Jesus did is to bring recovery of sight to the blind, and that means those who are physically blind. And that was Jesus' healing ministry. And of course, it wasn't just for those who were blind, for every type of ailment. And you have to remember as well, um, as I just touched on a second ago, is in, in those days, if you were physically unwell, you basically, I mean, you were just the lowest of the low. You know, of course, there was no welfare state, and you, you ended up being... Uh, very, very poor. You ended up being a beggar. Uh, many women would end up in prostitution because just as a way, to basically, just to live and to, and to find a way of uh, find a way of doing that. And if you had something like leprosy, you know, and a very infectious uh, uh, skin disease, I mean, you weren't even allowed to even live in the village or the town. They, they would kick you out, and you had to go around like ringing a bell so they had people would know that people would know that you were coming, and people would all like you know run away. As soon as he turned up, this was the reality, this was the realities of that society then. So, so it wasn't just the fact that you, you couldn't see or you had a physical ailment, which and I may have lived in pain and all those kind of things, which were huge in themselves, but it's also the, the effect it then had on your lifestyle. You were basically the lowest, like the lowest of the low. You had no chance of, you know, having any kind of like comfortable lifestyle or whatever you have. You want to describe it. You, you, you're going to be poor for your, for your entire life. People are going to avoid you. They're not going to be treated, treated well, as, as we see here, when he starts shouting, um, re- shouting out to Jesus, people rebuking him and telling him to shut up and be, be quiet, right? So Jesus cares about the whole person. I said all that to say at that point. Jesus cares about the whole person, amen, and not just about the physical ailment. But Jesus had, was anointed to heal every type of physical ailment, and still is, praise God. Matthew 11, verse 2 to 5, when John, this is talking about John the Baptist, when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, remember that means the anointed one, so when Jesus heard about the disease, uh, deeds, he said disease, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, the anointed one, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? This is Jesus' great response. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, 
Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. So it's mentioned some of those things, what he's anointed to do there, as we read from Luke 4. But Jesus was like, this is a demonstration of who I am. It was was evidence and proof also that Jesus was a Messiah. The way with empathy and with grace and compassion, he'd reach out to people and see and to see people physically healed, to see their lives changed, changed forever. Amen? And Jesus was anointed to do that. And the great news is Jesus still is anointed to do that. Yeah. Amen? To heal every ailment, and not just, not just blindness, but to heal every ailment that there is. You know, and we are also anointed to do that, and we'll come on to that um, later. So this is something Jesus was anointed to do, to bring recovery of sight to the blind, to deal with physical blindness. And there's two other aspects I want to draw out. Time's going quick. So Jesus was anointed to bring recovery of sight to those who are physically blind. You know, but Jesus was also anointed to bring recovery of sight to those who were, you know, who had religious blindness, who were religiously blind. And if you read the words of Jesus, and so often you can think of think of Jesus like, you know, Jesus, Jesus meek and mild, and you know, that's not wrong in one sense. But there were different aspects to how Jesus dealt with different things. And when it came to dealing with religion, Jesus was not was neither meek nor mild. I mean, let's just be real about this stuff. And the way Jesus would deal with things, sometimes Jesus got quite angry in a righteous sense, had righteous anger about the way people were getting tied up in religion, the way things were becoming about rules and regulations, not about finding God. And, you know, you see that over and over again, like Jesus would heal on the Sabbath. I think Jesus even, I'm not saying Jesus was antagonistic, because that wouldn't be a good characteristic. But I think sometimes Jesus did this stuff deliberately, just to make a point. He'd like, he would deliberately heal on the Sabbath. I was like, what are you guys going to do about this? I was like, is it, is it right for God? To, is, does God want to heal on this day or not? Because, because they, they had these rules and regulations, the stuff in the Old Testament about, about not working on the Sabbath, but they'd gone to such an extreme, it was like, well, you can't even heal people on the Sabbath. You can't even pick up your mat on the Sabbath. That comes up again. When Jesus heals a paralytic man, and the, guy pick, the, and the guy's miraculously healed, he picks up his mat, and all the religious leaders are just furious about the fact that he's picked up his mat. They don't care about the fact that this guy's life is totally transformed. I mean, this is what religion does. It just ties people up in knots. It's just ridiculous. And it wasn't even Old Testament scripture. It's just the way they, that their own rules and regulations that, that many of the Pharisees and religious leaders had come up with. And it's just ridiculous. And, and, and we heal someone on the Sabbath. And, and again, they get really cross. Not but there's the guy with the shriveled hand, isn't it? Jesus heals on the Sabbath. And they get really annoyed with him, annoyed with Jesus, because he's done it on the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, hang on a minute. Like, let's, let's take an example here. Let's say you're a shepherd and you've got a sheep and one of your sheep falls into a pit on the Sabbath. Are you seriously saying you're not going to go and rescue it? You'd like to be like, sorry, sheep, I'm coming back tomorrow. So you go and rescue it in case it dies, right? And Jesus is like, well, how much more value on this human being? With his shriveled, shriveled hand. Who's just pointing out the ridiculousness of, the, of their rules. So Jesus has an interesting response to religiosity. Matthew 23, verse 23 to 26. Matthew 23 is an incredible chapter. Where Jesus just, you know, does get quite cross about this stuff. Because he just wants people to be free. Including the Pharisees and the religious leaders, of course. He loved them. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices and mint and dill and, and cumin. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides. This is what Jesus said, right? You blind guides. You strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. So in other words, you strain out something. You make an issue about this, like kind of, or you try and get it right about this tiny little issue. But then these huge issues, you totally miss the point. 
what Jesus was saying. You strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. So remember, we're talking about religious blindness. Jesus came to recover his sight to those who are blind. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and the outside also will be clean. So Jesus kind of took, uh, you know, took no prisoners when it came to dealing with religiosity. And Jesus was anointed to confront and, uh, to confront and, and deal with that. And, and, remember, and, and where Jesus was coming from, his total desire was to see people set free from this stuff. To see people have their eyes open from this religion. This religion of full of rules and, and regulations just tied people up in knots. Actually, actually, and Jesus, if you read all of Matthew 23, he lays all this out. Jesus like basically saying, you're basically keeping people from God. You're doing the very opposite of what you should be doing as a religious leader. You're keeping people from God rather than bringing them to God. You're just tying people up in knots or, you know, and, and making them feel bad. And, and it, was, it was also just full of hypocrisy. That's why Jesus, all in what, a lot of what Jesus said in uh, Matthew 5 and 6 and his great sermon on the mount was just dealing with hypocrisy. And that's the, um, this, this, you know, the angle that needs to be read in. And when Jesus said, you know, you, you've heard it said, you know, um, you know love your enemies. Oh, sorry, you've been taught you know, to say hate your enemies. And he said, but I say something different. I say love your enemies and even pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. Right? He, was, he was dealing with the, the culture of society um, society at, at that time. Because the Pharisees and religious leaders, they, t- they, they, they believed that God was a God of love, but they thought, thought it was fine to hate your enemies. They, they were totally good with it. And Jesus was like, hang on, even if you're angry with your brother, then that's an issue. And he talked about, talked about it with lust. You know, the Pharisees and religious leaders would make a big thing. Oh, yeah, no, we're faithful to our wives. We're great. We're amazing. But they were full of lust inside. And Jesus, again, exposed that. He said, no, if you even look at a woman lust for you, you've committed adultery in your hearts. This is what Jesus was exposing, the hypocrisy of religion, over and over and over again. But remember, where Jesus was coming from was he wanted to see the blind set free. And he, and he wanted to see those who were religiously blind, blind set free. And, amen, and, and of course, some of them are, and like, if you... Watch the Chosen again. You've seen this, like Nicodemus, is the one that Jesus talks about in, in, recorded in John, where Jesus talks about you must be born again. So some of the religious leaders did get saved and, and said good stuff and were freed from their religion, and praise God for that. But Jesus goes on to say again about the people who are religiously blind. Matthew 15, verse 12 to 14, Jesus said this. Then disciples, his disciples came to him and asked, do you know the Pharisees were offended um, when they heard this, and what, what that had been, I've got time to go into all the context of it, but the, the teaching had been about Jesus saying, there's been told thing about, should we wash our hands before we eat? And Jesus was saying, it's actually what comes out of you that's, that's, that's important. Out of a man's heart, you know, come the issues of life and all that kind of stuff. So the Pharisees were offended about that. He's like, don't worry about washing your hands, you're just kind of missing the point. And Jesus said this, so, he, so his own disciples came to him and said, do you know the Pharisees were offended by your teaching Jesus? He replied, every plant my heavenly father has not planted, we pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. And this is why relig- religion uh, in itself, when it just becomes about rules and regulations, is so dangerous. It, just, it leads a person astray and it also leads others astray. You know, we get the phrase from that, from that scripture you know, about the blind leading the blind. That comes from that. You know, we, we talk about that sometimes. When we, it's people who don't know what they're doing, don't we? Oh, it's like the blind leading the blind. Okay, that comes from what Jesus said. Jesus said here. If a blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. So Jesus was anointed to destroy the grip of religion. Remember, Jesus, Jesus came to bring, bring relationship. And, and relationship is totally different to, to religion. It's diametrically exposed. It's, it's, it's the opposite 
of, of religion. Religion is just tying people on knots. And, and, and Jesus is like, no, I've come to give you relationship. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And Jesus was anointed to destroy the grip of religion and still is. Amen? And kind of third aspect. Time's going so quick. The third aspect. So Jesus was anointed to bring recovery of sight for those with physical blindness, natural blindness, those with religious blindness, and also those who had deception blindness, is what I've called this. And this is actually where a lot of our world, it's an issue with religious blindness as well, and physical blindness, but this is where a lot of our world is, sorry, is, this is where a lot of our world is right now. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, Paul writes this, and he's talking about the devil here when he says about the God of this age, okay? The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So we have to understand, and this, this makes so much sense of where our world was, was then, when Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago. There were still a whole load of issues then, but also where our world is right now. You know, and, and people who are unbelievers, we have to remember that they're, they're under deception. And you couldn't tell them they're deceived. Well, you could tell them they're deceived, but they wouldn't know they were. Just, they wouldn't agree they're deceived because they're deceived. Does that makes sense. You, know, you can't convince someone they're deceived. It has to be revelation. It has to be only the Holy Spirit can do that. Because if you're deceived, that's the nature of deception, isn't it? You can't you can't see truth. You can't you can't see reality. And that's the satanic deception of our age. That the, the mind of unbelievers is so so closed that they can't see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. People are blind to truth. But the great news is Jesus is the truth. Amen. John 14, verse 6. You know, it's one of my favorite scriptures. John, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus also said, you will know the truth, and it's the truth that will set you free. Amen. So Jesus was anointed and still is anointed to do this, to set people free from deception, blindness, for their spiritual eyes to be opened so they can see the light of the gospel. You know, to kind of use a, a natural analogy of our natural eyes... I don't know all the biology of it all, but some of the basics, I guess. You know, basically what our natural eyes do, and it's amazing what God's created, is they, they allow in light, don't they? Light, light comes in through our eyes. If you know anything about these things, it comes in upside down. I don't know why God did it that way, but it does. God, it comes in upside down. We, we see upside down. And our brain then, make, then makes it sense of it. So if you know, remember, if you remember doing biology at school or physics, you might be in physics. Um, light comes in um, upside down. And, you know, we obviously we can see, we can see color. And that's all that is, is just a mixture of different... A different aspect of light, isn't it? Just it makes up makes up colours and what they are. And then our retina at the back of our eye just make, makes you know is what receives that light. And then our brain, and this is the way God is wired, is our brain then makes sense of it, puts the image back up the right way, um, and, and makes and makes sense of it. It's amazing, isn't it? That's, what, that's, what, that's why God created us. So so that's what happens. Is light going into our eyes and making making uh, sense of it, and that's that's how we see, you know. But Jesus anointed was to do that spiritually. To, to shine his light into spiritual eyes. This is what Paul, Paul was talking about here. Is that people are deceived, they can't see the light of the gospel. They need their spiritual eyes opened. This is where the most of our, our world is, where our communi- a lot of our community, this is where they're at, isn't it? They just, they just don't understand what, how, how, how Christianity is even relevant to them. They're just blind to the reality, or they're blind to truth, and a lot of our society is just confused by truth itself, isn't it? There's so much just, just confusion about all sorts of things. But this, Jesus is still anointed to do this. I mean, this is the good news. Amen. To shine his light into spiritual eyes so they can see and perceive correctly. Amen. So, 
time's going so quick, <laughs> coming towards the end. But Jesus, Jesus was anointed to, to proclaim recovery of sight for the blind. So Jesus was anointed then, and Jesus is still anointing, anointed now to do these same things. To deal with physical blindness or any physical ailment. Amen. To see people completely set free. To see life, life restored. To see health restored. Amen. To see lives changed. To deal with those who, to bring recovery of sight to those with religious blindness, who, who are tied up in religion. So much in, in, in our world, this is, this, is where, this is where they're at as well. I just, it's just tied up in, in, in religion, tied up in rules. It's often where people, this is people's perception of Christianity, isn't it? So often. Well, it's just about rules. I can, I can do this and can do this and can do this and I can't do this and I can't do this and I can't do this. It's, this is the way people perceive uh, Christianity so often. You know, we went to a, I'm not going to mention the name of the church because that probably wouldn't be fair. But we went to a church, it was, it was abroad, and a very, very big church, um, you know, what we'd call high church. And, and the service was, it was an interesting, interesting kind of service. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. And um, the service was all in Latin. It was that type, it was that high church. You know, the service was still in Latin, even now, it was still in Latin. So there was no, there was no Eng- it wasn't actually in England, but it wasn't in the, the common language. Um, it was in France, actually. But it wasn't in French at all, either. Because everything was in Latin. So no one really knew what anyone was saying. And if, if you know your history, and Wendy teaches, history teacher, the reason the Catholic Church did that is they didn't want people to know what the Bible said. That's, that's literally why they did it. That, that's, the, that's, that's the truth of the matter. And in the Reformation, then they started doing services in English and or, you know, the language of the country. And things were changed. But anyway, so this was like in modern, you know, modern day. And it was just, it was just sad. And, and, and as, we came out the, as we came out the service, which I didn't know anything that had gone on, and you, can't, you, could almost, you, could almost, you could feel the religiosity of that place. And it, it was kind of hard to describe kind of how it felt. It almost felt oppressive. Like I said, I'm not judging anything, but it genuinely did feel oppressive. And as, as we came out, it was like being in medieval times. They were literally, you know, they had the blind and the poor. There were beggars like lined up outside the church. It was like, this is like, you know, it's just like the year 1100. That's, that's genuinely what it felt like. It's like some sort of medieval uh, era, era church. You know, people, you know, just, just, just begging and, and stuff outside. And, and they weren't really getting helped in any way. And I thought, this is, this is just sad. Like I said, I'm not judging anyway. But this is just kind of how I felt about looking at it. I thought, this is what religion does. It just it just builds big buildings. The money doesn't go on people; it goes on, it goes on buildings. And there's nothing wrong with having a great building, but you, I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. Okay, it doesn't get spent in the right places. I think this is it's just so sad. It's what religion doesn't it just ties people up in knots. It's not setting anyone free. In fact, they don't even understand a word of what was even preached. How's the gospel going to change someone's lives if they don't even understand? It wasn't even in their language. How's it going to How's it going to change them? How's it going to set them free? This is what religion does. It becomes about rules. So again, this is where our world is, but uh, or many or some in our world. But Jesus came, is anointed, and was anointed then, and still was anointed to set people free from that. Amen. And I know some of you may have had a Catholic background. I'm not talking Catholics, okay? There are some great Catholic people, okay? You may have had a Catholic background or kind of religious type background, if I can call it that. And God wants you to be completely free and to know total relationship with Him. Already has done that in your life. And those who, who are deceived in, in our society, Jesus is still anointed to, for that for that deception. You know, to be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So many of our world are just, just deceived, don't they? They just don't they just don't know what they're doing. And Jesus is still anointed to do that. You know, so so we are anointed to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. Amen. And those people in our worlds and our, our communities, just like last week we talked about, we are anointed as, as people, as individuals, as believers, and we're anointed as a church to bring good news to the poor, but also to bring, bring recovery of sight to the blind. Whether it be physical blindness, people who need healing, or other, other, heal, you know, other ailments to bring physical healing, 
to destroy religion and to bring relationship into people's lives and to understand what Christianity is really all about and also to bring truth and to deal with deception blindness. Amen? How do we do this? Well, again, we need to be anointed. You see the anointing on the Apostle Paul's ministry. You know, this is about his conversion where Jesus appears to him. Acts 26, verse 15 to 18, it says this. So Jesus appears to him and Paul, of course, was, or Saul as he was then, was persecuting Christians and was doing it he thought in the name of God was, was, was seeing Christians tortured and put in prison and, and murdered and all sorts of stuff that was going, awful stuff that was going on at the time. And, and this is Saul's response. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant, as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. That's just anyone who's not a Jew. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So just like the Apostle Paul was sent, I'm not saying we're going to have exactly the same ministry as the Apostle Paul and write half the New Testament, okay? We may not do that, but we are absolutely anointed in the same way that Paul was, in the same way that Jesus was, in the same way that Paul was, or we are sent for God to use us, and it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul's life was totally and radically changed, wasn't it? Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We've, we've talked about Peter and we talked about that um, in the Holy Spirit series that we did recently. How Peter's life was totally changed, wasn't it? By the Holy Spirit as it's recorded in Acts 2, Acts 2 and 3. But we've been sent in the same way to bring, to, to bring Jesus' healing to people. Jesus still heals today. Amen? And it's great news for people. And for people in our worlds, let's look for opportunities where, where, where God can use us to bring healing into people's lives. And of course, that can mean physical healing, it can mean emotional healing, and all sorts of healing. It can mean mental health healing. It can mean all sorts of, all sorts of things. You know, but God wants to use us, and we are anointed to do that. So often we can think, well, that's just for somebody else. Well, that's just for the person who stands at the front. Or well, that was just, you know, that's for 2,000 years ago. No, it's still for us today. Jesus said we do greater things than, than even he did. And because the same anointing is upon us, it's not, is it about us? No, it's not about us, absolutely not. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Holy Spirit. It's all about that anointing. But we can do it in his, his eyes to see people set free. Amen? See people completely healthy and completely whole. To deal, to deal with religion. People are so, can get so tied up in religion and rules and regulations. We are, we are anointed to proclaim freedom for that. To see, that, to see their blindness gone. To see them to see the reality of what, what, what relationship with Jesus is really all about. The price that Jesus paid on the cross and he, he paid to set them free. The Christianity was never intended to be about rules and regulations and, and, and do's and don'ts, although, of course, you know, there's, we are called to live a certain kind of lifestyle in that sense. We're called to live holy lives before him. But it isn't a list of rules and regulations. If anyone thinks that, if any of you think that, you, you're, you're missing the point of Christianity. It's all about finding freedom in, in Jesus. Amen? And we are anointed. We, this is the same message that we carry for this, this world which is so, so deceived and so confused and but it's because the devil has blinded the minds of unbelievers to bring hope into that situation and to bring truth into that. Amen? So let's be carriers of that wherever we go and wherever we go into our worlds. Let's, let's carry truth. Amen? Let's, let's, stand, let's stand, up, stand up for truth. Stand up for what we know is right. That's always been, you know, Wendy said earlier about, you know, talking to my kids, and that's always been my, my heart and my prayer for them. It's just, they, they will just go against the flow. And, you know, and just stand up for what they know is right. Stand up for what they believe in. You know, it's, it's easy to go with the flow. It doesn't take anything to go against the flow, uh, to go with the flow. Sorry, that's easy, isn't it? Everyone accepts you. Everyone goes, oh, well, that's, it's, it's easy. You know, in one sense, I've heard, it, I heard a message about Jesus. And it said, like, Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate rebel. 
in a good sense. Jesus was the ultimate rebel. Actually, we're kind of like, you know, we're kind of like in the rebellion, not in a, you know, not a sinful rebellion. You know what I mean? We're like part of a rebellion, like in Star Wars. You know, standing up against the empire. But that is the reality of what we're doing, right? We're going against the flow. So this is what the world does, but we're doing something totally different. This is the way I'm going to live. To go with the flow and do what the world does is, is, is easy. But to stand, stand up against that is a, is, a whole different, is a whole different thing. People may not understand us. People may not, people not, may not get us. Let's do what we know is right and stand up for, for truth. And it was only, only one truth, amen? Jesus, and that is Jesus. And it's a truth that sets us free. Amen, let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you're amazing. Lord, thank you, for Lord Jesus, for the incredible ministry, Lord, that you had. Lord, an example, Lord, that it, Lord, that it is to us. Lord, and how you just anointed, Lord, and Lord, to proclaim good news to the poor, Lord, but how you anointed to bring recovery of sight to the blind. Lord, I thank you, Lord, those people who are physically blind or physical ailments, Lord, and you healed every single one who wanted healing. Lord, we thank you that that's still your heart, Lord, is to see people healed and whole. Lord, and I pray it will be a people, Lord, that carry that message. Lord, you anoint, anoint us, Lord. You said that same anointing is upon us. Lord, we want to pray, Lord, when we pray for people, Lord, we want them to be healed. Lord, we don't want to have to say to them, well, it might just take, this may take years or, you know, or to have some kind of excuse for why they may not have been healed. I know some things, Lord, can take time, Lord, but, Lord, we want to see people healed and we want to see them whole. Lord, we want to see people who are struggling with mental health issues and, and, and depression or issues from the past to see them completely healthy and completely whole for people physically, emotionally, spiritually, Lord, to, to be in health, Lord Jesus. Lord, for those, Lord, that are in religious blindness, Lord, you're anointed, Lord, to deal with the power of, of religion and, and to confront that, Lord God. And I pray you use us, Lord, to confront religion, Lord God. Lord, that we've been anointed, Lord, to, to deal with that, Lord. Lord, Lord, you came, Lord, so that we could have a relationship. You, bought, you paid a huge price so we could have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray we will carry the correct message, Lord, of who you are and what you did. That Christianity has never been about religion. It's never been about rules and regulations. Lord, it's all been about relationship with you and access to the Father, Lord, through the cross. Lord, I pray we will carry that message. Lord, and to those who are in deception blindness, Lord, in this world which is so, so confused about what truth is in so many different ways, Lord, that we will bring your truth, Lord, into those situations. Give us, Lord, opportunities, Lord, this week, Lord, to speak into people's lives, to pray into people's lives, Lord, to bring the truth of who you are, Lord Jesus. Lord, that people's spiritually eyes, spiritual eyes will be open. The light, like it does naturally in the way our natural eyes work, Lord, that spiritually, Lord, your light, that incredible light of the gospel will pour into their spiritual eyes and their eyes will be opened. Lord, they will see you for who you truly are as their creator and savior and Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, anoint us. Lord, help us to rely on your anointing, not to try and do anything under our own strength and not to also think that it's just for somebody else. Or for somebody else to do that. Lord, help us to live in obedience to you. Knowing, Lord, we're doing it in your anointing. Help us to be bold and courageous. To stand up for what is right. And what is truth. Thank you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, you're amazing. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.